0: Hey everybody, Jeff Feldman, Food Safety EDU. I wanted to talk about the water cycle, the hydrologic cycle. So we talk about food safety and water safety. So where does the water come from and how can it become contaminated and all those things? So why do we have water treatment? Why do we have water distribution? Why do we have backflow prevention devices? Um, why is or the collection crew... Uh, worried about the, the, uh, the sewers and then we have the water treatment crew worried about the water treatment and the distribution that way um, and so it all goes down to the basic which is the water cycle or the hydrologic cycle uh, and how does that all work so the four basic hydrologic cycle uh, items are just four things so we have evaporation condensation precipitation and runoff so I went to the website and uh, I went to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. And on their website, they have a few other things than the, the basic four. So let's start at the beginning um, with number one, uh, evaporation. So in the heat of the day, the, the water on the ocean surface and If you've ever had a swimming pool and you think, oh my gosh, I have a leak, well, it's not a leak. It's that the sun is beating down on the water and it evaporates. Okay, if you put, you know, spill a glass of water on a hot cement, give it a little bit and it'll evaporate. So with evaporation, it goes up, it changes from liquid to gas and it goes up. Okay, condensation, when the water is up in the atmosphere, and then it cools down a little bit, and the little particulates start to form and come together, so they make your, your fog and clouds and dew, and it's coming together and turning from uh, a gas back to a liquid, but it's still up in the atmosphere. Then, over time, when all forms of water particles, uh, they accumulate, and they reach a certain size, they grow to that critical size, and then gravity happens, and it drags the water down. So the fog clouds and dew uh, continue to accumulate, and then the water uh, turns to a larger size, and eventually the gravity brings it down, and uh, similar with with, uh, ice crystals during freezing temperatures, and, and that turns to snow. So that would be precipitation is where it comes together and it precipitate it rains and it snows and it lets the, the moisture come back down to earth. And then runoff is when the precipitation, the rain or the snow, it lands on the hilltop and then it flows down or you know the, the, the liquid goes everywhere and it gets on your roof, go down your drain pipe, goes into the, uh, the creek stream river and finally it, it runs off to the ocean. so that's runoff. A couple of other things. Uh, interception is on NOAA's website, and that's the interruption of movement of water. So if it lands in an area that will puddle, it can't run off anywhere. So it's intercepted, and they call it interception, and it just stays there. Um, so it'll be either be captured by plants or some uh, terrain that'll, that'll actually hold it and not allow it to run off. Uh, infiltration is the next item and water and soil the ground uh, depending on the porosity and the permeability of the soil which means if it's like dirt it'll soak up and it'll allow the liquid to drop down into the dirt and uh, if it lands on rocks if the water lands on rocks it may pool on the rock and then it won't seep down there's no porosity there's no uh, porosity, it, it, like a sponge, okay? The dirt is like a sponge. It'll suck up and absorb the liquid, the, the water. Uh, a rock, if it's a flat rock with a divot in it, it's gonna hold that water and make like a puddle. So then that'll work and eventually it'll evaporate away depending on the sun, but it depends. So infiltration means that, that the water gets to the soil and the ground and it should suck up. It should start to uh, uh, absorb into the soil. And then percolation, once it absorbs into the soil, uh, it's kind of like your coffee percolator, right? The machine sucks up the water and it puts it on top of the coffee grounds and then the, the hot water percolates down through the coffee grounds until it drips back into the basin and then it sends it back up to the top and it's that whole percolation thing. So with water, what we're talking about, the rain happens, it gets onto the ground, the ground will absorb it with that infiltration and then it starts to percolate and it goes down and it's the movement of the water through the soil down, 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 down until it finally reaches the groundwater, you know, 20 feet down, 100 feet down, 1000 feet down, depending, but it takes a long time to filter and to percolate all the way down to uh, the water, the groundwater source. Another thing is transpiration or evapotranspiration is the plants, they lose their water. It's kind of like when we humans, we go running or we're working outside and we drink a lot of water while we're working on a hot sunny day, but we sweat, right? So we're sweating and that's our uh, perspiration and plants have a similar when the sun beats down on them, they transpire. They, They evapotranspiration is what it's called. And the water gets sucked up through the roots into the, to the plant and then comes out of the leaves. And that will go up and and evapotranspiration or transpiration, it will evaporate after it comes out of the plant and go up into the atmosphere uh, in the same as evaporation from from, uh, the swimming pool in the ocean. And on the NOAA website, they talk about storage. So there's certain, there's only three natural storage locations for water. One is in the atmosphere. So the water, the moisture is in the atmosphere in that gaseous form uh, and it's uh, forming clouds. And then there's surface water. So lakes, streams, rivers, ocean, and then there's groundwater. So those are aquifers down underground. um, It's where when the water percolates down into the aquifers underground, we have huge um, storage throughout the world of this filtered water that goes down there and we always think that groundwater is safe because nothing can touch it but the reality is is with the way that humans are we've done all these things um, and the contaminants can also percolate and get into and, and contaminate the groundwater um, so whenever you're near a military base, they you know, over in from the 1940s and the 1950s and 1960s, you know, they stored a bunch of stuff or they spilled a bunch of stuff and it percolated, it went down into the water, um, uh, water table also potentially. And so when you buy a house, normally they give you a disclosure. It's kind of like when you pick up a bottle at the, at the grocery store and it has a list of ingredients, when you buy your house, you get a list of ingredients that may potentially have gotten down into the groundwater and to be aware of. (laughs) Um, So various things, but groundwater, for many years we thought, oh, it's safe because it's been filtered out when it percolates down through the ground. But because of all the industrial uh, um, applications, it can also get into the groundwater by seeping down with the water. Surface water, we know that animals you know crap in it and there's runoff from the bears and the cougars and the raccoons and everybody else that live in the mountains and in the forest and when it rains all that goes into the creek streams uh you know dead animals dead things get washed into the water then that goes to the lake so there is an amount of nastiness in all of these waters so in water treatment we we use surface water but we have filtration to filter out all the crud groundwater also nowadays we're filtering out the we try and real hard the arsenic and all the other things that could be in the ground um, that we want to keep away from the drinking water so that's the hydrologic the water cycle in a nutshell we have The big four we have evaporation condensation precipitation and runoff those are the big four but we also have the interception which is the interruption of the runoff Um, the infiltration so the the soil starts to absorb like a sponge and the percolation is once it sponges then it'll percolate down into the groundwater aquifer or underground water source uh transpiration was is when the plants breathe right or or when they uh, allow them the the, uh, the water to go through them and then evaporate from their leaves and uh and there's that storage in the atmosphere in the surface water and in the groundwater those three um things can become contaminated in in the oceans there's fish there's all kind of stuff there's um All those animals are in the water. Um, And it gets into the creeks and streams. Same thing. Things are decomposing in the water. So when you go camping and you drink something, you're you're drinking some kind of decomposing something. Um, And also we have the feces from all the different critters, all the animals. Uh, And with that, you never know what's in the water. So the big thing is to have it filtered out. Um, there's parasites there's viruses there's bacteria that can all be in the water um, that can that can you know make people sick and kill them you know a polio uh, virus can be buried under sand but it's still viable if you dig down six feet in the sand and you're playing you're burying you know or you're doing something you can pick up the virus if it's there um, and other viruses you know, at 120 different viruses various viruses that come out of humans in their feces that can affect people. Uh, so lots of different things that are out there. We just have to be aware of them and, uh, try and stay as clean as possible so we don't get sick and catch those nasty bugs. Okay. So what is water treatment? Water treatment is collecting the water from the surface water, from the runoff, from the groundwater. Um, I worked for a well company for a year and a half, and I was one of their treatment guys. So first they would dig a hole, um, you know, 100 feet down, 1,000 feet down. I did a 1,000 foot. I helped uh, do some things on a 1,000 foot well. It was up on a hilltop for a vineyard. And they go way down in order to catch the water that's way down there. Um, So once you get it from a well, you dig down, you drill the hole, then you put the pump down there and the piping and the plumbing and everything, and you turn it on with the electricity and all of a sudden it starts spouting water. So now you have all this water that's underground. How do you know it's safe? How do you know? You know, you get it from a, from a Creek or a stream. How do you know it's safe? Well, you don't, um, you know, and so they test all the time. There are always, there's laboratories all over the place. Um, so you take your water samples and you send it to the lab initially and ongoing, just like any other training. It's an initial thing. You have to prove to the health department that the water is going to be safe from that source. And if it's not safe initially, then you have to put on the water treatment. So the filtration and the disinfection and uh, various things um, in order to keep it safe. And once that's done, then you have to send the the water from here to there so now we're going to send it up on top of the hill uh and up on top of the hill is a storage tank right so it's some kind of plastic or, or uh, maybe a concrete storage tank up on top of a hill and then the piping comes down the hill to the home or to the to the to the people wherever they are to the town and that uh, gravity feeds it kind of like i was saying uh, or i'm going to talk about on the next one there was um, Oh, what's his name? Archimedes. Yeah, Archimedes. Uh, so he he invented the Archimedes Archimedes screw, which is a screw inside a pipe to bring water upwards to a higher ground or a higher level, and then they use gravity to flow. So this is back in right back in the roman times so Archimedes was a was a guy who they did the aqueducts in rome 250 miles of aqueduct so it's all elevated or a lot of it is elevated and some of it's underground to prevent it from being contaminated by war and and other things but they have these large um aqueducts and they would build them and they look like train trestles if you look on movies and stuff and and it it takes the gravity of the water so the first they use this screw right this Archimedes screw to lift the water out of the basin wherever it is it might be a, a a lake on on a hilltop or whatever so in order to get it onto the aquifer i mean the aqueduct basically it's a a flume right so you have to pull the water up and get it into the flume and then the flume gravity will take it all the way to rome so and they had 250 uh, a million gallons a day of water rushing into Rome and then it would go out throughout the city and, and the rich people had their own stuff and the poor people had to all share. So 100 people are sharing one, you know, um, bathhouse or whatever or, or toilet uh, pretty. Um, so the water has to be taken and directed. So first we have to treat it, make it safe. In those days, in the ancient days, in Rome and and Greece and everything, they assumed the water was safe. Well, they didn't have all these chemicals and nuclear crud that we have today that seeps down into the water source. They had, you know, raccoon poo. So they assumed it was safe, and they used it that way. We have to treat it more intensely because we have all this stuff that could be in there. Um, So then it goes into distribution. Well, those aqueducts were distribution. So now here we have a water treatment plant in town, then all the pipes underneath all the streets coming to your house, it's all the distribution pipes. And those are old, you know, some cities 100 years old, and they crack and they leak, and then you lose a lot of water that way. Um, So they're trying to replenish those, but it takes a lot of money. You have to actually open the cement, then you have to dig down with with those machines to, to get to the pipes, then you have to cut out the pipe, and then you have to replace the pipe how old is all that stuff and how long does it take? And it takes a long time. So then the water comes to certain facilities like uh, laundry places. So laundry places use a lot of chemicals for their laundry to make your clothes white and, and clean and everything. And if that chemical within that building somehow gets sucked backwards into the drinking water system, then it, it can contaminate the entire drinking system and really poison people. So then we have backflow prevention devices on every building for the most part, and it prevents all the contaminated water inside that building from being sucked backwards into the drinking water system. So that's a backflow prevention device, and you see these big pipes. They come, they're like on the sidewalk or near the sidewalk. They come up, over, and down, and there's a contraption there, and it's it's a... It's a check valve that prevents the water from coming backwards and contaminating the water. So, all these safety things there's food safety and water safety, you know, it's a huge focus, and we really need to uh, pay attention to it and just not, you know, poo poo it. Oh, that's no big deal. Oh, it's not working. I don't care. We have to care. And uh, uh, so, there's why the professionals are doing what they do. They have to be a certified, trained person person in order to maintain those devices and test them. And every, every year they have to be tested. So you check in with your jurisdiction, your health department and find out how often this needs to happen. Um, and, and there has to be that proper training in order for it to work. Um, and when I went through that class, it was very eye opening and, and cool. And then I got to, uh, do that for a while when I was with the well company. So, um, it was, uh, it was a really good thing for me, training and uh, experience doing that. Uh, just quickly, I wanted to say the uh, or, or mention the CCR CCNR, it's the Consumer Confidence Report, that uh, every year the water treatment plants are supposed to send out to the people that they support and that they uh, uh, provide water to. So they, as I said earlier in this presentation, they there's testing all the time. Uh, and, and so the CCR is the results of the testing in a written format. It comes to you in the mailbox. Uh, if you opt in that way, or maybe some email if you opt in that way, but it tells you the health of the water in the town where you live and it should come once a year. And if you don't get it, then you can just, uh, you know, call the water department and they'll shoot you one over. Um, But it it talks about the various chemicals and the maximum contaminant levels and what they find in their water and how much you're actually drinking and how much is actually coming to your house. Um, So more often uh, now, when I was with the water company, a lot of people, is the well company. Um, And so the customers were well owners. They weren't from the city Uh, city water treatment plants, they had their very own personal well at their house or on their property, and that would feed them. And then they would create their own water treatment or or disinfection on that. So it's small systems, but people have them. Um, And then the company, our company, would do the CCNR based on the results uh, every year. Um, But it goes out to the people and it talks about what's down the well, what's in the water, what kind of uh chemicals or minerals or you know iron and manganese and various things that are in the water some things are harmful some things are not harmful and if they're harmful then we try and filter those out and if they're uh, if they are harmful we filter them out Um, and uh, you know it's babysitting it's not you can't ignore it you can't just say oh everything is fine well you can but then You know, you don't know what you're drinking. You don't know what you're consuming. So you want to know. And my huge recommendation is if you own a well um, and you don't want to pay money to have somebody else come and service it and take care of it, at least take a water bottle for, you know, go to the laboratory in downtown Santa Rosa, get one of their sample bottles, have them explain how to test the water. Then you go test your water out of your hose bib or, or, uh, you know, as close as possible to the well. So you should have a hose bib or, or, a, um, a valve very close to the well, and you can let it run for a couple of minutes. So you're actually getting the water from down the hole. Uh, and then you capture that without sticking your thumb on the lid, without breathing or coughing in it. Don't let any, uh, uh, outside influences get into that water while you're taking the sample and then screw the lid back on and then go to the lab, drop it off and have them do your test. When I was with the, uh, the well company, I went around, I was doing water treatment and I was doing filtration and filter systems. And every once in a while I would help with the pumps and, uh, uh the pump service. Um, so the filtration, oftentimes we have, um, filters to treat the water, to get rid of the iron and manganese and other things, uh, and then to soften the water. Sometimes the water's too hard, so you get that hard white water buildup on your shower and your, your clothing is real stiff. And um, you know, in the dishwashing machine, the glasses come out and they're white stained. That's hard water. So then we put a softener on there, a salt softener or salt brine or, or uh, like that. And we did that and, and I went to quite a few places and they had uh, reverse osmosis, uh, that was installed underneath their kitchen sink. So for drinking water, you know, you can do the laundry and everything else just with the regular water. Um, but for the drinking water, they actually had the reverse osmosis installed and you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, depending on the, the fancy brand or the basic brand, it could be a couple hundred bucks. It could be, you know, thousands of dollars depending on your style and what you feel you need. Some people have the well and they have a huge skid with, with a big reverse osmosis system and it feeds their whole, all their water. Everything that they get is going through that reverse osmosis, which takes a lot of water to go through. And then there's a lot of wastewater that gets, uh, um, uh, uh, discarded. Uh, so that d- discarded water is a natural portion of this reverse osmosis. So you're wasting a lot of water potentially, unless you put it off in some type of uh, like an irrigation barrel that it's going to go off to plants. But at the same time, if you're going to do that, you got to make sure that <clears throat> it's not too. Uh, Oh, what's the word? Soft. Uh, You you, got to watch the pH on these things. Otherwise, you know, it could harm your plants rather than help them. So if you do this thing, a lot of times it's just an under sink mounted with three little filters and uh, then the waste hose, the wastewater just goes right into the drain. You know, they drill a little hole, they put a saddle, they put the pipe right in the drain and it goes by the P-trap underneath the uh, sink. Um, And that's just the easy way. If you have one of those great big huge filter skids, um, then you're using more water and that's where you would come up with uh, other plans for that uh, uh, spare water. Um, Talk to the professional when you have that installed and they'll describe it all to you. Thank you very much for tuning in for my water cycle uh, podcast. I'm uh, working on the next one, which will be the history of waterborne disease and public health. And uh, the prevention of waterborne disease. Um, it's a history, you know, back 4,000 years uh, that we'll get into, but uh, I'm in the middle of putting my notes together now, and I hope to have it for you fairly soon. All right. Stand by for that. Thanks very much. All my best to you. Take care.